Hello everyone, my name is Sol Vashas and welcome to this episode of In Flight. I'm really excited to get on with today's show, but before I begin, I just want to say a few things. One, I am suffering from really terrible bandwidth here in Connecticut. Uh, since I am renting an apartment, I don't have the bandwidth that I used to uh, in my home. So because of that, you may notice that every once in a while I might step on somebody in the recording. I tried to edit it out as much as possible, but here and there it does become a little bit difficult to edit for context reasons. Um, so if that happens, I apologize. Uh, I It is an issue that I am trying to resolve as quickly as possible. Uh, but in the meantime, it's something I just have to deal with. But besides that, today on the show we have Matthews, who is one of the project managers at Aerosoft. He also heads customer service there. Really fantastic guy, and he's worked on many, many projects with Aerosoft, such as the A330 and all the other Airbus lineups, but he is specifically right now working on the Airsoft CRJ for Microsoft Flight Simulator, which I'm sure you all know is a very highly anticipated aircraft for the simulator. So it was really great to talk to him about that. We talked to him about the CRJ, uh, and we also talked to him about how he got into the flight simulation community and things that he loves about it, things that he hates about it, and things that he's really excited to have seen grow. So a bunch of stuff there uh, for you all to digest. It was a great conversation. I had a really great time talking to him. Norm certainly had a great time talking to him. Overall, I'm really happy that we got to speak to him. So without further ado, please welcome Matthews to the show. Matthews, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. How are you doing uh, on this fine afternoon? Well, it's not a fine afternoon here in France, but I'm fine. That's great. I'm really happy that you're here to join us on InFlight. So tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get to working at Aerosoft? I was, um, I always liked flight sims. So uh, from the very first version, uh, I was a fan, I was a hobbyist. Uh, I was a moderator on forums on CompuServe. This is all where my hair had a different color. And uh, <laughs> a long, long, long time ago. Uh, then uh, I became friendly with an Italian firm in uh, uh, the beautiful village of Como. And I worked a year in Italy with them. Unfortunately, the firma. Uh, well, the couple that owned the company, they had a fight and the company didn't survive that uh, fight. So mm. I came back uh, to Holland at that time. Uh, then uh, I spoke to Winfried at Airsoft and he wanted to give Airsoft a more international aspect because it was very much aimed at uh, German customers. And mm. I started to work for uh, for uh, him. Mm -hmm. And then that's the that's the whole story. You just um, you started at the firm, and then he wanted to get some more international customers, and so then you uh, landed at Aerosoft from there. Yeah, uh, I from from the, from, the, from the beginning, I was the manager of the customer support the, the, the department. And then we started our own aircraft development uh, teams, and I manage mm. those as well now. So I've got a that, double job. Wow, that's awesome! So you said that you started flight. You were a big fan of flight sim from uh, an earlier age. What What was your first flight simulator? The, the very first flight sim. Yeah. I even had one before uh, for the Atari ST. Oh, wow. wow. That's really far back. <laughs> yeah. I am 60, so yeah, that uh, <laughs> happens then. Have you ever flown a real plane, or have you only stuck to flight simulators? No, in the past I had a, a PPL, but um, it was expensive to keep it in, in Holland. Not mm. so much fun in Holland, so I dropped it. Yeah, I 
so I had a PPL. Well, I, I worked to get a PPL as well, but the whole process is really expensive. However, I, I, I thought it was pretty worth it. Hopefully I'll be able to finish it one day. So you, you came to Aerosoft and now you're most well known for uh, working on the CRJ project. Um, but I want to know, like, how did you get there? What, what is your timeline at Aerosoft? Have you, like, what planes have you worked on? Uh, and how do you work on uh, those projects? Uh, what is, like, how would you describe your job? Okay. Um, um, in customer support, it's more like a standard job. Uh, mm. I check what's going on. If we handle uh, issues in time, make sure that everybody has the good information. So that's more or less basic. In aircraft development, it's a little bit more different because I'm uh, I'm absolutely not a, a developer of any kind. I manage the yeah. department. So my job there is to make sure everybody knows what um, what they what they have to do that they work together. Uh, that all the parts are ready roughly at the same time um, to decide how much budget we, uh, we spend on these things. Mm. I used to run all the beta tests myself, but I now have a dedicated uh, beta test lead, so that's a little bit easier. There is really every day is a different job. Yeah, wow, absolutely. If you don't mind me asking, um, what size team do you manage? How big is your team? Okay, we have got, uh, let's say, around eight people working on this project. Wow, that's a small team. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, still one of the largest. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And how many projects do you guys work on at a time? I mean, is it one at a time until it's done, or do you overlap to different things? No, there's almost always an, uh, an overlap. At this moment, we are completing the CRJ for Microsoft Flight Sim. We are converting the Airbuses to Microsoft Flight Sim. And we started the development, the modeling on the uh, Twin Otter. Oh, wow. Uh, so those are. But that is mainly because with in Microsoft Flight Simulator, the modeling part takes a lot longer than for the previous version. Mm. So we have to start the twin auto modeling now, and we only start on the, on the systems uh, much, much later. So I, I didn't know that you guys are doing the uh, Airbuses as well. That makes me really excited. Um, you said that you're not a a developer by heart. So what is it like developing, working with a development team? Do you have to understand a little bit of how each department works or have you just been in it for so long that you are just able to manage projects like that without having the uh, development background? No, I really have to trust that the developers uh, know what they're doing. Mm. That's, no, I don't try to understand what they are doing. I know the kind of product <laughs> that uh, we want to end up with. And they know it as um, uh, they know what I want, what we want. And there's hardly any discussion about these things. Wow. I mean, from your experience um, with other development pre Microsoft Flight Sim 2020, uh, would you say that the pressure is higher now, or are you just working the same as you normally would? actually a very good question um it is different it is absolutely different um we believe that uh prepared version four sold around thirty thousand copies that's mm. my that is what we we don't have any data but that is my gut feed mm -hmm. uh, those are hardcore Simulator people who who buy it uh, very likely to buy an add-on, so that those customers were easy to find, easy to target, and 
most of them were our customers for a long, long time. Microsoft Flight Sim is, uh, according to Microsoft, installed on 1.2 million systems. That wow. is a huge difference. Uh, that wow. means that our potential amount of customers is much higher, uh, really in a completely different world. It's also a different kind of customer. A lot of the of the of the of the people who are now flying flight sim have never flown any flight sim before. That's why the default aircraft are doing good. They are absolutely fine for these kind of customers. So at this moment, I have to find um, a way of developing a product that is entertaining for the people who are not extremely uh, knowledgeable about flight sim without losing the high-end customer. And that makes it mm. different yeah. than any time before. And I guess that's the balance that we're all seeking. I mean, a lot of us that will be listening to the podcast are seasoned flight simmers. But as you said, there's a lot of new people coming in. Are you hoping to entertain those people initially and then get them into the serious side of simming? How are you managing that? The hardcore simmer community will grow. It will grow, will triple e easily, but it will never be an extremely large group. Uh, it's not if you want to sell a lot of software, <coughs> you shouldn't aim for for those customers. But on the same time, these are the customers willing to pay a high amount of money for an. Uh, add-on. Many of them are friends, and we also like to do the more complex products. It's just that we have to find a way for the less experienced users to also use the same product. Uh, uh, for example, the Twin Otter is very much designed to also be used on the Xbox, which means that you have to design the interface to the aircraft from the beginning in a slightly different way. You have to take care that uh, on the controller that the customer has, has in, his, in his hand, all the commands can be used and it still feels logical. That's also something we've never done. Now luckily we, ha we have done a lot of um, development for other games, so we have experience in how to, how to design an interface for an Xbox controller and we're using that. But uh, yeah, that's, that, that makes this all a pretty new time, a pretty exciting time. Hmm. So basically you're designing for two different systems almost, would you say? No. no. Okay. Um, if Azobo delivers what they have told us that to, to deliver, Exactly the same software. It works on both. Any add-on that you do will will run on the Xbox and on the PC platform. Mm. So, it, it is in that case, that, um, can you elaborate on? Go ahead. Uh, it's it's just that we feel that flying a complex Airbus on an Xbox will be difficult. Uh, oh, okay. Now I understand. That you need a controller and a mouse, which work on an Xbox, so that it's not impossible. And we believe that the Xbox will be a very stable platform. And as we all know, the PC version of Microsoft Flight Simulator is not the most easy software ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. There, um, are, there are a lot of people who have major issues with the software. Yeah. I I made a whole video about it too because it was there were so many people who were clearly complaining on the forums about having issues with it. So I tried to resolve them as much as possible. I remember. Um, but yeah, but you have to keep in mind we're talking about over a million people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you sell a shitload of software, you will have a shitload of people that have an issue. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and to to be fair too, they they are doing a fantastic job based off of the huge user base that they have from literally nothing. I I I could certainly not create a product that has as little issues as Microsoft Flight Simulator does with the huge audience that it does. I'm I've been very impressed to be quite frank. I'm too, absolutely. Uh the team in at Azobo are um are amazing totally amazing i've i've been there quite often very close to him uh, me so before mm-hmm. before call rona i went there quite often they really see nice people they know what they're doing uh, they understand very well what they have to do so in our, in our correspondence through email you uh, revealed to me something that i hadn't known at the time that you're actually helping Asobo a lot in developing their SDK for uh, aircraft for Microsoft Flight Simulator. Can you tell us a, a little bit more about that, how you try to approach it and what you've been like saying to Asobo um, and how you also keep um, other aircraft developers in mind um, to make sure that the process is as seamless for everybody? Yeah, sure. Uh, I wouldn't so much call it uh, helping because uh, to be completely clear, we are not writing any of the SDK software. Um, what we have done, what I've done uh, from the first time we uh, visited them, is to explain what our kind of customers are, what the high-end customers actually want, what kind of detail is that they that they want. Uh, the moment that they had, they started to work on the SDK. Uh, we delivered them the uh, the the complete source code of the aircraft that we were working on, so the TLJ and the Airbus. Um, Azobo used these to see how much what they were doing, um, what they had done, would make our our aircraft work. After that, it was just trying to make sure that every bit that is in our software works for uh, in a new sim. Now right, we have yeah. always been pretty much. Uh, uh, we've always been rather careful not to stray too far from the SDK uh, because it makes it hard to update your your software. Uh, when uh, we went from uh, Plasmometer X to prepared, it took so it took us two weeks to uh, develop version out. Every update from every prepared version also took, took us well one or two days. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that makes it it more stable. Um, that also makes us interesting uh, interesting for Azobo because they will try to hook all the developers into the uh, SDK. If you do add-ons, which are do a lot of things outside the SDK, things will be more complex. You will have to invent a lot more on your own. Uh, Azobo will still help you. So basically, uh, you'd... Yeah, sure. I'm sorry, uh, you were saying, so your feedback to Azobo on the SDK is basically universal for mostly all developers, not just yourself, correct? Uh, I should not claim that to speak for all the de- developers. That would that would not be fair to say. Um, we do have excellent contacts with PMDG and, and Carinado and stuff, and I know that they are there also working as well. Um, we try to make sure that what we... Th- there is nothing... Um, that Azobo is doing that especially for us. There's no code that we want to have running. It's all basic stuff to get things working. Awesome. So basically the the main players from the industry is there with Azobo putting in their input and contribution. Yeah, I'm I'm not at liberty to name all the names, but right. Yeah, all the all the companies who have been who who are well known 
for Najyash. They're older. That's awesome. Yeah, that yeah. is exciting news. Yeah, I um I interviewed uh Jorg and Seb uh about a month or so ago and they were really they they really hammered home the idea that they are they are trying to work with developers as much as possible. So it's really nice to hear you actually say that that's true because it's one thing for a sobo to say that they're trying to do that. Um but it's another thing to actually speak to a developer who has had first hand experience with them it actually is, following through with that. It is absolutely true. Um I see what's going on on Discord between my developers and developers at uh, Azobo. And there is many times a day there's contact between them. And the guys at Azobo are uh, extremely helpful. Even late in the evening, if one of the developers has an issue, we post it on Discord. And if there's any of the Azobo team still there, they will try to, um, to um, help. Um, very impressive, very, very much. We've never seen a uh, uh, Microsoft developers team work like uh, that. Never. Wow. That's good. Yeah. Um, Norm, you, you seem like you have a question. You can go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, this is a somewhat difficult question, but I'll ask it anyway because us hardcore simmers are very impatient. <laughs> so the question is, I mean, any timeline any you know how long you think this development process is going to take the sdk is going to be ready and like aerosoft is going to be ready to release something because we're dying to get our hands on your your product yeah yeah it's it, it um it's a hard question to answer not for commercial reasons but for technical reasons yeah uh the crj is um pretty close it's actually pretty close. But we need some bits from uh, Azobo that are not ready uh, yet. And now, I'm not saying that that is uh, stopping us from working, because we've got enough to work on, but it's stopping us from releasing. If we would be ready, we could not re release at this moment because we need a few bits. Mm. And because we don't know. Um, when we will get these bits, uh, I can't say uh, when we are ready. I can say what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that uh, we're counting on the CRJ to be released uh, this year. Uh, I think that the Twin Otter will be done springtime. We just uh, hired a new uh, modeler in the team. Because we felt that the modeling timeline was the one that, that could hold it up. And the Airbus should be, the first Airbus should be the A320 and it should be uh, in the summer. Then we're hoping to get the other Airbus 318 30 done uh, before the end of the year. That, that is my, uh, that's the timeline that I'm counting, hoping for, paying for. Yeah, totally. It. I mean, that sounds like a pretty realistic timeline. And, and also, from what I've heard as well, there's a really, I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, you can correct me if it's if I have heard incorrectly, or if other developers don't speak for yourselves. But I've heard that there has been a really large learning curve in trying to learn how to develop for the new simulator because it is using such modern technology that some developers just haven't had to touch because X-Plane and P3D use such old, um, old technologies. Is that, have you found that to be true? Um, in modeling, in sound, in texturing, yes, absolutely. It is simply mm. a very modern game engine which uses all the, uh, I wouldn't say the very latest, uh, state of the art stuff, but it is highly modern. So mm. what we what we found that if we take modelers from the a trained modeler from the game uh, industry, they find their way quite easy into the new system because it's all stuff that they that they know how to how to use. 
the uh, modelers that grew up in FSX and don't have uh, real training, they they struggle more. They have a, a learning curve to code. That that yeah, I can understand that some that some teams have 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 issues there from the uh, the development point of view, the the uh, couches and the system. Um, I would say that 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 is not so much the the issue. You have to change an an awful lot. But if you do that for the new flight simulator, it's quite easily to port it back to to prepared. That is not a very difficult. If you always worked on with modern uh, kind of, if you if you always worked in a modern way, it, it, it is not so hard. It's um, uh, the flight model is a completely completely new one, but we also found that people who've got a lot of experience doing doing them. It took them uh, a while to to get working, but it that also works. Sounds are very difficult. That's because they use the WW the WWYS uh, software, which is extremely cool, but mm -hmm. it's also extremely difficult to find a sound engineer who actually can use it. So that is an issue mm. that we're still looking. That is really hard. <clears throat> yeah, totally. Sound is definitely one of those things that has been tricky to do over the years. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know that um, I have heard a few times from FMOD uh, developers that they're in pretty high demand because FMOD is so young in the flight sim world and has so little documentation that even being able to find somebody who's able to do it is really difficult because they kind of have to be self-taught and and really understand how it works with the flight simulator specifically because of how young fmod is in flight simulators and how uh how kind of lackluster the documentation is for it so it seems like that problem has kind of fallen also into microsoft flight simulators as well is, with this no, whole it, new sound engine it's at, at this moment larger than it has it has ever been uh, yeah. If you are a C++ developer who knows aircraft system, uh, systems, you, you, you can make money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's an interesting thing to see, to see developers having to, to readjust to this. Um, but it makes sense that aircraft systems and, and flight models are, are pretty similar because I mean, the people that I've met that do flight modeling and such for flight simulators are wicked smart and really fast at, at stuff like that because they just understand it so well. So I can imagine that converting that knowledge to Microsoft Flight Simulator isn't that hard for them. Um, no, the basic will, will, will stay the same. It's just that all the new stuff that is in this, in this new... Flight they have to find a way to actually use that well, because in, in this flight simulator, the whole uh, ground model is much better in comparison. six, the aircraft always felt like they are driving on ice. And <laughs> it was uh, silly, and there was a very hard cut between in the air on and on the ground. That's now completely different, but there's a lot of stuff to actually learn there, and that's a lot of stuff that you have to talk to real pilots about because these were things that we never had to use. How much speed do you scrub in an A320 if you take a turn at a certain speed? In prepared, there was no good way to model that. In the new, in the new flight, absolutely, absolutely. How much how much clip does an, an aircraft have? 
That's that's all stuff that we this at this moment have to have to learn. Right. A question. I mean, as far as the flight model is concerned, I know some add-on makers did a lot outside of the sim itself to make it right. Will that be the case here, or everything is going to be done within the sim? I can't speak farther. The, 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 the developers, and I've heard that they had some some negative comments about the option. But um, we feel extremely happy with the CRJ uh, model in the sim at this moment. Uh, it is behaving very well. Our test pilots like it. It has the um, uh, um, every aircraft has has a character, and it's over, always very important to get that character that you can't really base on numbers into the air into the aircraft. And we feel that is very well possible. But but again, the the person who's done uh, uh, Alexander. Who is doing this this flight model is talking to Asobo every single day, and that needs getting a good flight model done at this moment. Mm. So here's a here's a less about the flight simulator and more about you. So you started flight simming so early on. What is it like to see these aircraft in Microsoft Flight Simulator now, and and see how more how much more real they are what's that like for you no your 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 question is wrong um, okay we had models that looked roughly this good for around three four years the only problem was that nobody had hardware that can actually actually run them right um, in prepared version three you could get uh, five times the polygons and five times the textures that were in the product that we actually sold. So we have seen them. Um, it's just that they actually run on a normal system now. Um, there, there was a very fine example. We did the um, how was the helicopter called? The Seahawk. What's the uh, the the Seahawk helicopter uh, that was started by me buying a model from a guy who worked many years on it, and it had um, I think it was four and a half million polygons. Wow! And those were That's crazy. I don't know the technical term, but those were com uh, com uh, bind polygons. And that was only the outside of the of the, of the helicopter, and the inside mm -hmm. had, I believe, nine million polygons. <laughs> Gee. Is, wow! Gee, that, that is about six times what repairs can handle at this moment. So what the what the modelers who worked on it for me did, they removed stuff. They didn't add anything. They just uh, simplified. So it, mm. it's, so in in aircraft, the difference the difference isn't so much in as what you would expect. It is the world that is different. The world uh -huh. is so bloody good, and not <laughs> bloody good in a small area, but worldwide. I live yeah. in uh, in uh, rural towns. If you look at the map, there's a huge green part. I live in the center of that green part, and my my house is in the same, and my shed. <laughs> and I can see a large tree in my garden that has been blown over uh, last winter. It's still in the sim. So I asked Azobo to do me a favor and to remove that single tree. <laughs> that is the level of detail we're talking about. They were, we, we're talking about a tree in a garden. Uh, Microsoft has a database for trees, not kinds of trees, but positions of trees. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm shaking my head agreeing with you. Are, placed, are not placed by AI in the routine, but um, they are taken out of the uh, set images, con converted into a, a lot long, 
and that's a down place, and they play squeeze there. And that is the level of detail I was. You've got no idea uh, how we had to. Uh, how. No, I should explain this differently. Uh, we all saw the first videos that Microsoft shared of the same thing. And we all mm -hmm. said, well, that is some of the best renders we've ever seen. Nobody, mm -hmm. nobody believed that that was of the real game engine. Yeah. Nobody believed that. True. Ten days after that video was launched, I went to Azobo for the first time, I sat behind a machine, a 4K screen, and I saw exactly the same at 50 frames. Wow. You've got no idea. Uh, I was there with, with a colleague of mine, and we just looked at each other, and we said, we don't get it. Is this pre-rendered <laughs> bit of the of the of the of the world? It's not. You, you can go every 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 part of the world that you want to go to. And we saw that the video that they shared at this moment was simply in-game footage, mm -hmm. and that is just that uh, flight sim. The stage for flight sim is the world. The world is is half of the acting in the whole, on the whole flight sim scene, and what we've got now is a world that still needs tweaks here and there. There's still room for add-ons, but my goodness, it looks good. It looks so good. Mm, yeah. So it's less of the aircraft that are fascinating to you, and it's more the world that's fascinating to you. Oh yeah. For if you look at it from a technical point of view. It's really the world that is the star of the sim. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Uh, what Microsoft understood that uh, a flight simulator consists of databases, and they just gathered every database they could find. They made their own databases, and they made a world out of that database. And they used the uh, Azure systems for um, for that. They mm -hmm. spent uh, uh, months uh, uh, pre-building the blocks that that are loaded when you fluff, when you actually fly, fly, and it is just the fact that their databases are so good, are so incredibly good. That's why no other company except Google will ever be able to do something like that because no other company has that database. I love explain, but explain simply. Can never get access to these databases. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. interesting that's a, that's comment a because bit sad. yeah, I'm an explain diehard, you know, <laughs> because of the flight modeling and the you know the add-on planes. But slowly but surely, I'm being sucked into the Microsoft world with the visuals. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it's very jarring going back to explain these days to fly, which I'll still keep flying. But I'm just saying, once you guys come out with the CRJ and other developers come out with without their, you know, good high fidelity airplanes, what's going to happen? You know, am I going to abandon everything else and just stay with Microsoft? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. We. I have to say that um, uh, it's no secret that the add-on market for prepared add-ons is. Uh, it is this way. It's pretty hard to make money on on uh, prepared add-ons. The the explain add-ons they still they still sell pretty much the same as uh, before. Explain <coughs> uh, uh, users are more resilient against uh, the uh, the lure of the beautiful world. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I definitely found that to be true. We're we're all kind of um, the explain user base has kind of become known as as being, as you said, resilient to stuff like that, and yeah. and also uh, very very willing to just deal with a kind of shitty situation just because the flight modeling and the aircraft, like the the great aircraft, are so great for the simulator and all of that, and also. It's kind of, I think it also comes down to the fact that X-Plane is um, all, many of the people who have 
who have um, explained as their main simulators have put so much like time into making it look the way it looks and having the planes that they have and all of that and it's hard to part from that even if the visuals are so good but i mean at the end of the day once once better high fidelity aircraft come out from microsoft flight simulator it's definitely going to be a contender because um i mean we haven't seen what what laminar has behind the curtains for the next version of x-plane um but right now you know microsoft is definitely leading the pack and um it's really it's really interesting to see how that's been playing out in the the simming community but but it wasn't a really fair fight um it's hard to it's it's hard to guess how much money microsoft has invested uh, in this but at azobo there were uh, over a hundred people working on the thing Please. which is <laughs> i know the explain team well i I'd like Austin. I met Austin quite a lot, but he doesn't have a uh, hundred people. Yeah, it's right. like a twelve, I think, is the size. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, uh, it, it is hard to compete if a giant like Microsoft decides to get back in the ga- in the uh, game. And I think they, it was a very brave decision for them to come back i think there must have been a lot of people inside mark to told them they were crazy but i think it will end up well uh, the customers are there their in-game store seems to be working seems to be busy the data we get from that in in-game store is that you read customers quite easily so uh, they, they i think that they will make excellent money that's a good thing for us because we need this platform to be stable for at least 10, 15 years. Right. Yeah, like, absolutely. Explain it. True. And I, I'm seeing progress with every release, which is a good thing and very good progress. And I guess you guys are seeing the same thing also. Yeah. Um, we've been the publisher for Explain for, uh, I think, the last three versions. Uh, and we are the largest uh, publisher of Explain add-ons. Uh, so yeah, we are we are we're still very happy. We uh, love this. Thing. We love everything that Explain, uh, because we've worked with them for such a long time. Where it has a special place in our heart. <laughs> Yeah. I Speaking about the love of airplanes, how did you get started loving airplanes? How, how far back was that? I think I had my first flight in a glider 51 years ago, and I loved flying after that ever since. I just mm. don't like to fly commercially, but does does <laughs> anybody i am well known for driving all over europe in my car to avoid having to fly fly <laughs> no that is strange is it because you're not in the cockpit and you do, you can't be in control or no, no what no. is it about commercial you don't like no uh i drive a tesla so to say that i'm completely in control of the car oh. No, no, it's just that uh, it takes a uh, 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 hell of a lot of time. You waste so much time and it's uncomfortable. Airports are not my favorite place to um, be. Airline food is, is not well. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, you actually you do that. waste about four hours just to get from point A to point B, and that's not including the flight. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's uh no, it's just uh, it, um, uh, I got my PPL when I was twenty one, I think. Yeah, twenty one, and yeah, it's um, uh, but the moment I flighting was uh, a capable replacement of, of that. I just like to explore every kind of aircraft that there actually was. I'm still not a big fan of 
and airliners. And if I fly uh, as a hobby, which is extremely rare because it's a job and then not so much fun to fly, it's in the Catalina or the Twin Otter. Those are the two aircraft that I, I fly for fun. To fly in an Airbus from A to B, no, that, I don't like that. Mm, yeah, I. Now here's a question I'd like to ask everyone. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I have low bandwidth, so every once in a while. No, a quick question was. Um... <laughs> no problem. Uh, do you still fly in the simulator other than working? Do you ever fly in the simulator for fun? Any one of them? No. Um, <laughs> I uh, it, the the new Microsoft Flight Simulator. I've flown. I tried to find my my own house, and when I did that, which is many months ago, I believe that that's the last time I've flown for actually fun. No, it's not. Mm. yeah. I mean, I understand that because personally, uh, I, when it's I a job, I gained a job and I I lost uh, uh, the hobby. Yeah, I that that's how I felt too. Um I've had like a few fun flights every once in a while, but now that it becomes a job sometimes you even if you're just flying it for fun, it feels as if you're just returning to a job. And I think that that's why I've 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 personally enjoyed Microsoft Flight Simulator quite a bit cuz I've done um I've done a lot of group flights with friends, and that at least feels different. That doesn't feel like a job, and it's fun to just fly in the the X Cub or something like that, um, just around a, a mountain or, or something, because that's something I could never do in, in X-Plane. And having that difference is really nice, because then uh, it doesn't actually feel like a job necessarily, because you're not doing something that you would normally do if you were recording, in my instance, if I were recording for a video, or in your case, if you're trying to test out the... Uh, the CRJ or, or whatever other project that you're working on. Um, it, it feels just a lot, a lot. It, it feels like it's not a job when you're doing something that's just completely unrelated to what the simulator, how the simulator has become your job, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It, I, I absolutely love my, uh, my job. Uh, I'm very happy to take the, 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 the twin author to actually test something but yeah that will be work that will not be the hobby yeah absolutely hold, hold on no hold on i've i've done no i've done i've done a couple of hours too as hobby um uh, because i wanted to test out how the latest version of uh, on air was so uh, yeah i i flew uh, i think six six hours that was pure hobby. No, no, I, I, I was lying. I, I still fly. <laughs> Six hours. But that is, that's that's because wow. uh, on air makes it more fun to actually fly, to actually have something to uh, uh, do. You have a job there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, um, I, I found myself doing like little joy rides uh, while I've, while I was testing planes for either reviews or to use them in some sort of cinematic sense. Uh, and, and I always found that really fun. Yeah. Well, what about um, scenery development for Microsoft Flight Sim? Where do you guys stand with that? Um, I think we have released three. Okay. Uh, and how's that going? Easy, hard, uh, harder than the plane, easier than the plane. Sorry? Uh, how is the scenery development? Um, is it easier than you thought it would be? Harder than you thought it would be? It's not, it's not my forte, but I do speak to the, to the developers. It is, um, it is easier than it used to be because the, the whole pipeline that developers use is easier but the demands are higher just as with in mm. the level of detail that people expect will be higher the lighting effect needs some additional maps so that all takes a little bit more time 
it has not become cheaper. That's but mm. that you yeah, can sell I've, more. So I've heard some gripes about it. Balances it out well. That's why you see that overall scenery will be a bit less expensive for Microsoft Flight Sim than for Keypad. That's what we believe. Yeah, I've I've heard that some scenery developers have have mentioned a few things about it that frustrate them, um, but I I think that users are very happy to see the slightly lower prices yeah, on but things. Yeah, it, it's also it's um, also fair because we've got no uh, moving gates now and all these kind of things still have to be done. So I think that these price levels are what they should be. You shouldn't ask more because it is a new sim. Yeah, I mean, I'm loving the prices and I'm thinking maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, the reason why it's so much cheaper is because you have a bigger audience now, so you can recoup that, that cost. Yeah, that, uh, that doesn't hurt. Absolutely. Good. I mean, I'm just waiting for almost, you know, as good as the Microsoft Premium Deluxe Sceneries are, I think the third-party developers just do a much better job on them. What is, what is very obvious from the high-definition airports that Microsoft did is that they are made by people who haven't done any airport sceneries before. Um, if you look at them, you see that they are, they are very much built from uh, non uh, aircraft point of view. There's a lot of detail on the front of the, of the airport, while most flight simulators will say that they like uh, most, most details on the, air, in the, on the aircraft side of the airport. You also see that they, that they messed up sidelines, mm. that the uh, height of buildings isn't always wide. That's, and that's because they basically worked off the Bing database, which doesn't contain all the heights for the building. While our developers, um, most of the time, we do, do a complete photo shoot of an airport. Yeah, we have excellent information of how a sideline is, what you can see from every point. That is missing. From these. It's also a little bit of the small stuff that is missing that is uh, real aircraft-like. Mm. So, so you're you guys have been hiring people who have more modeling experience and less just experience in overall airports, in developing airports. No. Is that what you're uh, saying? All the developers who did uh, prepare 3D airports for us are still working on. Uh, they are now working on Microsoft Flight. So these are all people who have uh, many years of mm. experience. Some of them easily 20, 25, 30 years. So these people understand that there is no color red on an airport. It's all, always a little bit murky. It's also something that you see in the Microsoft, in the Microsoft scenery, it's too colorful. They don't really get that the distance, there are no colors. Yep. It's... Mm, right, yeah. So I, I must have misunderstood what you were saying then. Just a tad. Um, we're, so we're coming closer to the one hour mark. So I just wanted to ask you, um, what are you most excited for, for either the simulator or Aerosoft's future in the simulator? Um, and Simple. yeah, what, what are you most excited for? We, we're now working in an, in, in an industry that has uh, many new customers, many young customers. Because basically, ever since uh, Flight Simulator uh, 2004 was released, with every new version, every year, the amount of people who saw it as a hobby declined and got older. Uh, our average customer mm -hmm. used to be uh, 50. Now it is, uh, and that was reset a bit by the release wow. of 
uh, flight simulator on Steam, because they sold a whole heap of, of flight simulators, uh, a lot to um, younger people. So we had a, a new group of young people, but even those, they didn't last long. So the, yeah. the, right. the, there, there is a joke inside, inside Aerosoft, because a lot of yeah. people who started Aerosoft are also getting as old as that I am. Our customers are dying, sir. Our customers are dying. And we really needed an influx of <laughs> new, young, uh, enthusiastic people <laughs> who've got their own ideas, who've got their own demands, uh, um, who like a different kind of, 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 of add-on. And we are seeing those at this moment. And that is brilliant. That is so much fun. If you see how the forums have uh, have changed, um, there's still a little bit of the grumpy old uh, old man there. But there's also a who I dearly love. I must say that many of those are, are, <laughs> are friends of mine. But we were we were all we were running out of text. Uh, we have, we have been saying the same thing to each other for the last fifteen years, and now there's new voices there. If you look at the amount of videos on YouTube, mm. that is incredible. There's uh, yep. thousands of, of videos, people doing flies, people trying out stuff. Stuff. Uh, yeah, that is something that that we have not seen since two thousand. And that is that is making me very happy. That's making an airsoft very very happy. Um, we went from a, a pure flight sim company to a company who did any kind of sim. And a couple of years ago, the non-flight sim part was about as large as the flight sim part, and we were very happy about that. We love doing custom underground training stuff, but flat sim is our our oldest love and we really love to see that that, that part grow fast. Hmm. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I can't I can't blame you for that. That's a that's something that's been exciting for me as well because I'm I'm of the younger audience. I'm not very very young but i am um i am of the younger audience and and seeing people more my age coming into the flight simulation world has been very really cool because it shows in a sense it's like oh i'm not the only one but it's also uh cool to see that this is inspiring like a, a new generation of sim pilots and hopefully other real pilots as well um because we have like the pilot shortage and all of that and I, I think that that's a great thing to to look forward to, and and I think that once it yeah, it, it, it is, actually gets released is, for Xbox as well, really that we're going to see even more people come over, and that'll be really interesting to see. That we're working for it is it is very entertaining to see that people are actually having fun, because to be honest, yes. there's a lot of the old simmers that just they just take it a little bit too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did. Um, I like it when, 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 when people. Yeah. The stuff we do, but after uh, five hundred e emails about a font that is not exactly the, the right shape. Um, <laughs> I'm. What actually is your is your hobby then? <laughs> it, is, yeah. it is a little bit hard for 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 and it gets a little old to understand that it's so important for some people. But that's yeah. also because that's the reason that that is not a market to go into. We don't make 120 euro at all. We don't want to do that. That's uh, then people can ask you very serious questions. You can expect an yeah an awful lot. We'd like to take that level just above there that gives us a little bit more freedom, gives us a little bit more 
freedom of doing things our own way, where we uh, stimulate the job of the pilot, and not so much the aircraft. It is flight simulation and not aircraft simulation. Hmm. And um, it is, and I see that part of Fastenmega grow at this moment. Again, I said, so many people are pretty mm. happy about the default aircraft. You and I know that they are pretty crappy com- compared to the add-on aircraft that we are used to. Although I must say that the smaller aircraft are pretty good, pretty good. Mm-hmm. I've flown in some of them, the Super Cup and all that stuff. These are pretty, pretty well done. They actually look mm-hmm. good, they fly good, systems are okay. But yeah, um, there is a market for these kind of people. And I believe that in prepared, we lost sight of those people. Yeah, I always felt that uh, a little bit difficult. It, yeah, we, we did go on the serious fun. side. Yeah, which is which is absolutely fine. There's absolutely no 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 problem with it. But is that scaring away a lot of young people? I completely appreciate it if somebody wants to do a twelve hour flight over the over the over the ocean, spend two hours preparing for that flight, but there's not many people actually do that. Mm-hmm. A lot more people who want to take off, uh, who, who want to take off in a Cessna and try to land it. Yeah, because that's how we all started. Yeah, true. It's a lot simpler true. and faster. Yeah, I think the deeper we get into this um, hobby, we we lose sight of how we started, and we get so with serious and step, wound up. With in every it. step forward we made, we lost people on the backside. True. Every time. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't give out sales numbers, but people always think think that the team, the aircraft, and stuff, that these are the big sellers. But they're sure they sell excellent. Their price is high, so the margin is, is high. But uh, that is not the best selling aircraft at the moment. Those now, well, this moment is a little bit different. But those are not aircraft that you sell most of. Mm. Aircraft that get a lot less uh, attention that you sell most of. Yeah, exactly. That's been something that I've talked to other developers about too. Is like the the way that they focus on, like how they focus on things is is focusing on those aircraft that they know are going to sell well because they because people really know what they are and and really enjoy. Um, to fly them because it's actually flying as opposed to um, a computer doing it for you, if that makes sense. Yeah, and in Marshall Flight Simulator, the new one, that actually feels good and it looks good. <laughs> that is in X-Plane, uh, especially in X-Plane, uh, just a fun TFR flight, it never actually worked for me. I always use the TRJ in, in X-Plane. Yeah, it's one of the very best aircraft. But in the new sim, I see a lot of people just taking off and flying somewhere. They don't even know where. And yeah. can you yeah. can you imagine two years ago a flight sim saying, "I just took off and it flew somewhere, no idea where." Yeah, <laughs> it happened, and it's now happening. It's true. That's, um, there's there's also an. Um, from the development point of view, another uh, uh, aspect uh, for Teenweeze that is that is very noticeable. Um, the prices for Teenweeze add-ons have not changed the last twenty years. They've basically stayed about the same. Right. But the yeah. amount of stuff that you had to deliver for that price is almost ten times as um, high. Wow. Yeah. So it is. Amount of customers went went down. The demands what you had to deliver is way more complex than it ever used to be, and the prices stayed the same. That was a business model that couldn't stay like like that. With yeah. aircraft, you saw exactly the same, but 
PMDG made the, the bold decision to simply raise the price uh, at a much higher level. And there was a good group of people who accepted that. So that became a completely new business model. But in scenery, that was never possible. Nobody was going to pay 90 euros for bank. Yeah, it's a tricky one to balance for sure. Yeah. And that is, and now we've got a larger audience, so that that problem is more or less solved. Mm -hmm. Happy, happy, happy. Yeah, scenery is going to be one of those popular things because if you can see your home, you want your airport to look exactly as it is in real life. And then the prices are good, so I, I could imagine the the scenery um purchasing just going up for everybody. It's good. Yeah, and. and and even airports that were commercially not interesting before will be interesting now. A small regional airport that was, if it was a German airport in the, in the center of Germany, it was quite easy to sell. But a regional airport in Texas, well, you couldn't get <laughs> any money on that because you need huge amount of customers who actually live around that airport. People buy what they no, Dutch people buy it. People, uh, French people buy Paris airport. They always buy what they know. Yeah, exactly. totally. And and I think that um, I I think that you know what you're touching on is is also that VFR has become so much more of a thing in Microsoft Flight Simulator, and and that's also an interesting thing that you point out too that people are more inclined to buy sceneries that they just don't really know about because of the fact that you can just hop in an airplane and say to yourself, I don't really know where I'm going to go today. And then you discover this great scenery on the store and you, you're like, you know what, maybe I'll go here. And you, you pick up that, that little airport in the middle of Nebraska or, or something, and you go for a quick little flight there. Um, but I think that that's then- definitely happening a lot because some other scenery developers I've talked to who have started off on smaller airports have been saying, yeah, I've been seeing some really great sales for this airport. Um, <coughs> and it's, it's in some cases been better than my larger airports for other simulators. And, and I think that that speaks to what you're, you're mentioning. Absolutely. And then it, I believe that if you do a small airport, uh, uh, not, not even a regional airport, uh, a really small VFR airport. If you do a nice one, if it's not in the most awful location in the world, you can sell 5,000, which is a lot, a really yeah. a lot. That are numbers that we were happy, happy with last year. And, yeah. uh, and that can now be reached by a single person who, who, who works his ass off for a couple of months. And that, yeah. is, so, that is so cool. Yeah, and this simulator has opened up the entire world basically, and they have the the yeah. in-game store to sell. So, although that is not so nice for us as publisher, but um, it becomes possible for for these small people to reach the whole world. Yeah, exactly. True. true. Very true. It's a really cool world that we're living in. Um, Thank you so much for speaking with us today. I had a lot of fun learning about the CRJ and, and learning about your other products and also just learning about you in general and, and speaking about flight simulation. I really appreciate you, you coming on the call and, and having a conversation with us today. More than happy to. More than happy. Thank you so much for the insights that you have given. Everybody in the community now will understand more what's going on behind the scenes and how it's developing and you've shed lots of light on that. So thank you very much. Appreciate it.